and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. I am Tony. I forget how to do the intro to the Horror Connection. We took a week off. We did took a week off. We didn't do these weeks off. I'm Tony Vieja. With me, as always, is our co-host, Mike. Mike, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good, sir. Yourself? I'm doing all right. Doing all right. Glad to hear it. Glad to hear it. Botch the intro. I mean, these things happen. It does. All right. We had a week off. We're a little rusty. that, that, That week off. Lots happening that week. You know, it took a long time for a guy named McCarthy to get in charge of Republicans. That's all I got to say. <laughs> Anywho, we are here. We are present. Mental health is a question, but we're here and present. Well, I mean, I don't think that was ever a given. No. No. If anybody listening to this thinks it was, you're wrong. You're listening to a different show. Yeah. They're like, oh, those two guys but, are hey, completely welcome. insane. No, we're <laughs> gonna, no, it's not. We don't see the world for rose-colored glasses. I do appreciate that the Ultimate Warrior is sitting in the view of my. That was a that was a gift from Jimmy. Nice. I explained my Ultimate Warrior fetish to him. And were you here with Steve? Steve, who's Steve? Steve is my piece of human skin. No. Okay. Is that what's in this thing? Um, no, no. That that oh. was that was medical marijuana. Oh, okay. Um, back there in the little case. That's oh. Steve. Oh, hi, Steve. It's part of a tattoo. <laughs> No, no. That's, 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 that's just a triangle skin. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a chunk of someone's chest. Did you know Steve? No. Does Steve know you? No. I mean, not that I know of. How'd you come in contact with Steve? So it's a fun story. You know how sometimes people would just like email you out of the blue who you know, and they'll just be like, "I have a body." Mm-hmm. Do you, do you, no, this is actually yeah. I. But I've gotten and I've got these phone calls. They're like, I'm I'm cutting it up to give pieces to collectors. And uh, the chest is mostly spoken for. He's like, I'm keeping the nipples and belly button. But, like any good psychopath right. would do. Because you can build belts with that. That makes sense. Ed Gein. Yeah. And um, he was like, do you want a piece of the chest? And of course, your obvious answer is like, yeah. Yo, if someone's carving yeah. up chest, you get some chest. Yeah. And he's like, don't worry. It's already been made in the long pig. So it's like leather. It's like hard. Okay. And um, he's like, do you want a piece of this chest? And I was like, yeah. And he sent me a photo and everything. I was like, oh, that's going to be exhibit B. <laughs> and um so i just just so i could cover myself for the eventual netflix documentary uh i was like hey where did this come from and he's like it was donated and i was like all right that's good enough for me that's what plausible deniability is yeah exactly yeah. you asked you asked where it came asked, from yeah, it was like, donated you don't need like, to donate it. cool that's all right. great didn't go any farther i did a quick google search is it are you allowed to own bodies yes is the answer by the way so uh question did you did you preface living or dead dead okay um because so you're allowed to own pieces of corpses because otherwise you wouldn't be allowed to have loved ones ashes interesting yeah because there there apparently there's been issues with this before really and what they fall back on is the fact that you're allowed to have ashes and therefore the people who have parts of bodies are allowed to (laughs) so so that's see i always think the ashes thing is always weird because like how do you guarantee that you're just getting all of your grandfather right like someone else's aunt like you don't get that guarantee which i also love like have you ever had to cremate a pet through your vet no okay so when you go to cremate a pet they go would you like him done bulk and you get a sampling of all the ashes or would you like him done individually and you get solo ashes there's a 20 dollar price difference i always go for solo i'm pretty sure i got bulk like, how can I prove that? I'm like, oh, exactly. there's Loki. That's the only you know? problem. Like, unless you were there. Yeah, unless like, I was there. Like, you, you know, yeah. I don't know. But, like, you know, I have, like, a lot of boxes in my house. From I'll be honest, though. I would choose bulk. So you get more yeah. cats. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you're a crazy cat person. I think you should go bulk. Right. But, like, I had a special attachment 20 years with these cats. So, like, you know. And, it does, yeah. And then there was also a la carte, too. So, like, we all have these, like, little boxes around our house of our cat's ashes. Anyway, so that was our break um, yeah. that we had. You know, you got Steve. 
Yep. You know, and uh, I reminisced about cats dying years ago. So, uh, let's see. There was, I had a bout with influenza. I had a bout with stomach bug. I had a bout with COVID again. COVID struck back. Um, the revenge. Yes, the return of the COVID. Um, the vid lives. The vid takes Manhattan. <laughs> It's mostly on a boat. <laughs> it was mostly on a boat to Canada. <laughs> oh, happy Friday thirteenth to you. Thank you. It is tomorrow. It is tomorrow. As we record, recording this, this is a yeah. Thursday, January twelfth, um, Philadelphia Standard Time. Uh, also, congratulations to Philadelphia. We didn't. The murder count was over five hundred for the year. Woo! So that was good. We're still not number one. So I mean, keep I working, people. I, I don't get it. We should be number one at something. Phillies couldn't win the World Series. I'll be honest with you, though, too. I think it's just a population density thing. Like, I wonder, and I'm not going to do research, but I wonder, like, how many murders compared, like, per group of people or whatever there really is. Because, like, 500 murders sounds like a lot, but there's 12 million people in the Philadelphia metro area. Right. So, like, how many, how many, you know murders per thousand people or whatever does that break down to versus if we were in like wyoming and there's eight people in your city and one person gets killed yeah and one yeah. of them gets killed that's actually way more dangerous <laughs> you're 100 percent right but like I, I i often think statistically like you and i like after like a certain time are at risk of getting killed in our city like for example, by a certain time you mean at night? Yes. Or, okay. Like I so, like if, if you meant, like over a certain like if you were just like at, like at one o'clock in the morning if you decide to go for just for a walk. Now, not not saying you or I, right? You know, we we happen to be huskier, bearish gentlemen, fellas. Um, we're out cruising. Yeah, you know it. Just hanging out, you know. Like, but like, I feel like if we went any further uh, south than Cotman Avenue, like we would have come across some issues at some point. Oh uh, yeah, we're we are walking distance. I wouldn't walk it, but we're walking distance from where I grew up. I wouldn't go there yeah. at night. No. Yeah. It's a couple miles away. There's a bridge that's at, there's an actual bridge that separates here from where I grew up and you'll get probably get shot at there. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't doubt it. There's pretty frequent uh rapes and shootings there. Oh yeah, well that's but it's, they don't cross over that bridge cuz they don't they haven't figured it out yet, but yeah. It's <laughs> nice. It's nice. It's good of them. I took a photo cuz I feel like sometimes people don't believe me how bad the neighborhood was. I had to go back to the house I grew up in because I have relatives who still live there. I right. literally stood at the front door and took a picture of like what you see in front of you and sent it out to people. And they're like, there's no way that that's <laughs> like, this is what is in front of your face when you open up the door. It's nice you were able to go to that door. Like the place I grew up in was just knocked down. Oh, like the building's gone. I mean, give it time. You know, it's society history. Out front of the door, uh, the front door of that place now is stacks of shipping containers nice yeah i thought you were gonna say stacks of bitcoin no oh, i wish yeah Whew. isn't it weird how like everywhere you go there's like you know buy bitcoin here like bitcoin atms now i don't know i don't know anything about that crypto cryptozoology i know a lot about cryptozoology so if cryptozoology and cryptocurrency went hand in hand i'd probably be still broke there's, pro- yeah, there's <laughs> probably gonna be crypto nft cryptozoology nfts yeah there probably already is. Yeah. Sure, there, there yeah. has to be. Like Loch Ness Monster has his own NFTs. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. 100%. Chicka Cobra. Chicka Cobra NFTs. <laughs> All right. So uh, this is the Horror Connection. We are uh, Tony Viejo, Michael Blinsky, and uh, Crystal Hedvaca, brought to you by Dan Ackroyd, yeah, uh, who's actually no, so no longer affiliated with that from what I heard. Oh, really? Yeah. I did not know that. He sold that, I believe. Huh. Hmm. 
I wonder if it still is good. Oh, we gotta buy another bottle. Gotta buy another bottle. <laughs> <laughs> Only um, we just killed this one. So. Well, I always, you know, Only back in the day, I always out. wanted to fashion. When I was younger, I always wanted to fashion one of these into a bong, because I think that would be a badass bong to have. And then, like, I see people do it online, and I'm like, oh, that looks pretty easy. And like, I remember, I am not mechanically inclined yeah. whatsoever. I see that stuff all the time, and I'm like, I could do that and realistically. And then, like, fire happens. I'm like, ah. Yeah. <laughs> I have. There's a. <laughs> I am better at witchcraft than I am. <laughs> <laughs> at, at anything else. Uh, at I'm better anything. at close-up magic, which I've never tried. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> I'm not even sure what the difference is between regular stupid magic and close-up magic, but I'm better at that than I am at putting things together. Yeah. There's a room next to us, which is slowly becoming like my arcade, mm -hmm. and there are four, I'm not good at counting, arcade cabinets in there. I've Did you get zero. the kid in there yet? Did you get the kid in there yet to start dusting things? No, not yet. Okay. It's coming, though. All right. So they, you can get slot machines for your home now. They're hollowed out like those cabinets are. Okay, I, yeah. I was thinking of the PA skill machines. I'm like, dude, you're gonna have heroin addicts in here all at all hours <laughs> just coming in here. No, no, like Vegas style slot oh, machines. Okay. But the home edition, so the home edition arcades, essentially they're they're 25% smaller. They're 75 to 80% scale. So they're a little bit smaller, but more importantly, they're hollowed out. It doesn't have all the coin shit inside, which makes them hundreds of pounds. So those are actually pretty light. They're like. 75 to 100 pounds each. So what happens if you win on the home-based slot machine? I don't know. Okay. Because, like, I would feel I would feel ripped off in a sense. Like, if I was like, oh, my God. Here we go. Shit. Jack I won. <laughs> Cherries all day, mother truckers. Oh, all sevens. I just pour you a shot. And yeah. Like, here you go. That's what you get. I'm like, oh. I <laughs> wasted that one pool bitch. I got in my life on your home fucking slot <laughs> yeah. machine. That was my, a pool. Yeah, my one <laughs> million to one shot happened, <laughs> happened in my basement. <laughs> I'm a fucking asshole. <laughs> All right. Speaking of assholes and elbows, um, what do you want to talk about first? Do you want to talk about vampires? Do you want to talk about Michael Myers? Do you want to talk? I think about... we got to get Michael Myers out because we want to beat the rush since nobody's really <laughs> talked about this. Yet. No one's talked about this in six months yeah. since it came out. All right. Um, first and foremost, Halloween's End was a movie that happened. That's a movie. It came out. It was in color. It was in color. It, it uh, came out. in focus. You know, it, it came out to streaming and theaters the same day. It's a dead. Um, it was a good movie. In fact, the la one of the last times we recorded is when it came out. Was it? Yeah. It came okay. out that evening. It was a Thursday That's night. That's right, because it came out early. It came out and early, text, and, and I got texted. I went home, and I watched it right <laughs> Yeah, I watched it. As, I went right upstairs. And then, like, it, we had COVID. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because I think we were both texting, like, next week's going to be great when we talk about this. Yeah, and I was like, no, I can't, dude. Like, my kid's <laughs> vomiting from his eyeballs. What? Yeah, it's so weird. Yo, kids get the weirdest sicknesses. Like, they're, yeah. like, running around, like, oh, I'm having such a good mood. Throw up everywhere. Like, what the hell just happened? I don't know. Anywho. Uh, yeah, so Halloween's End came out, and this was the conclusion to the David Gordon Green, um, Danny McBride, John Carpenter produced Halloween trilogy. Yes. This was, um, I am not with the populace on this. I think it was an excellent conclusion to this trilogy. Your I'm thought? In, I'm in the middle. You're in the middle? Okay. Yeah. I thought it was a good movie. I totally understand that people are mad. Oh, I get why people are mad about this. But <laughs> I, I I get all of it and but I, I thought it was a good movie. I thought it was marginally better than the second one. Storyline I thought it was better than the first one. I'm better than the second one. Mm -hmm. Storyline wise I thought it was better than the second one. Didn't have better kills. No. The first the, 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 the I agree with that. The second one was your slasher movie. Yeah. The first one was your reboot of the franchise. The yeah. second one was your fast-paced kill 'em all slasher movie. The third act was we're going to put a, we're getting now we're wrapping Halloween up with a story. We're concluding everything. 
and they put a nice bow on it. I think they went over to the, when I look back at it, I first thought they went over the top and now I've had months to digest this and think about it over and over again yeah. through showers and masturbation. In a, in a weird way, this is, it makes it better that we've masturbated to this movie multiple times. Exactly. Because now like it's not our initial reaction. Like we've had time to yeah. sit with it. We're not those people on Facebook who are like, I hated it. Or this like, is the worst thing that ever happens. It's Halloween three. <laughs> or they were just like citizen Kane of slasher movies. Like, yeah. It was just such polarized things. I think we can come at it with a clearer. Head. Yeah. At no point in time I was like, this is the best Halloween movie. Yeah. But at one point I remember. That when is Halloween three. Yeah, that is Halloween three. <laughs> that is the citizen Kane of horror. All right. One, it's the first movie to ever pronounce Salwin correctly. <laughs> um, in fact, the incubator of progeny uh, was on a witch Facebook page, and they were talking about like how did you learn the pronunciation of the word, and like resounding enough, a lot of people were following three. <laughs> yeah, that's where I learned it. Yeah, yeah. So, um, anywho, uh, Halloween's end. Actually, speaking of Halloween three, has a Halloween three intro. It does it has the blue font, the metallic, you know, eighty style font that Halloween three had. Uh, I remember what, when we, when I first sat on the watch this movie, 20 minutes into it, I leaned over to the Incubator Project. I'm like, I have no clue what's going on here and what this has to do with Halloween. <laughs> but I'm for it. I'm enjoying this movie. I'm enjoying the ride it's taking me on. Uh, the film opens up with a gentleman named Corey Cunningham, who's the family's landscaper, who's roped into babysitting their five, six-year-old, ten. I forget how old the kid is, seven. Thirty-five. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, the kid, uh, he's a, he's a, I feel like I'm not good at judging ages. I'm bad judging kids' ages, too, because sometimes I look at my kid, I'm like, yeah, he's like four. And then other times I'm like, why does he look 27? <laughs> did you have a job yet? Yeah, did you, you did you move out? Yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen you all day. You're at school. That's fascinating. Tell me about it. <laughs> anyway, um... Yeah, so like Halloween ends, uh, starts off with this kid, Corey Cunningham. He's going to go babysit this kid, and he's like trying to be the cool babysitter. They're watching The Thing, yeah, which, which I always... Yeah, fun little callback. Which, and even the opening title, I immediately was like, Halloween 3. And the first thing that popped in my head was, oh my God, if this is a Silver Shamrock movie, this will be the greatest... Oh, I was hoping yeah. that too. I was like, if this is just, ju- we just open at the Silver Shamrocks factory, I'm going to start screaming <laughs> in the most high pitched, giggly voice. Like, you ever. just see, you just see Myers Masses being mass produced with the Silver yeah. Shamrock logo on them. Done. The fucking Facebook shuts down. Yeah. <laughs> Not even because of the traffic. They just saw it and they were like, nope. And nope. just turned it off. Can't let this toxicity <laughs> yeah. get out. <laughs> Twitter took the day off. Yeah. Like, Elon Musk closed yeah. Twitter for today. Yeah. They were just like, nope. <laughs> But yeah, now it, when it starts up, uh, starts off this guy, uh, he's babysitting this kid, locks himself in the attic, the kid's standing on the other side of the doorway, kicks the door open, basic accident, you know, the kid goes over the banister after the door gets kicked open, falls down like three flights of stairs. Yeah, 175 yeah, feet. 175 something. feet like that, you know. It's a like, weirdly designed house. Very weirdly designed house. Like, why is your house that high? For a middle America suburb. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In the middle of Haddonfield. Like, you yeah. have a mansion. So he, he ran up the stairs in the spire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Went past the chick from Tangled. Yeah. <laughs> Rapunzel, I believe her name was. And, like, you know, gets kicked down a flight of stairs. It gets kicked off a banister and falls to his death. Yeah. Brilliant. And immediately. This character, Corey's ostracized because he gets off because it was an accident. Right. You know, they, they, there was no foul play, of, you know, blah, 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 blah. Um, he then is living with the stigma in this town of being the weirdo person that killed a kid. Right. And since now Michael Myers has been gone for four years, I think. This is four years after Halloween Kills. 
it's I thought it was a little bit vague on the time. I'm sure they say it. Yeah. But I feel like you feel so far removed from it in that story that it feels like much longer than whatever they said the time jump was. Yeah. Now, the thing I appreciate this, every other scene in this movie shows a missing persons billboard. Mm. That there's missing people and things are happening. Uh, Corey runs into a bunch of bandos. Like, they're not even the cool kids. They're the kids in the band. They're driving around a Chrysler Baron, for Christ's sakes. You know? Which is a badass car if you're a middle-aged soccer mom in 1994. Yeah. Can't think of a middle-aged soccer mom I knew in 1994 that had a LeBaron. I had an Aunt Kathy who had one. Hey, Kathy. <laughs> hey, Aunt Kathy. <laughs> um, but, yeah. So, like, he ends up, uh, these kids have some beef with him. He runs into Lori Strode. Lori Strode helps him out. And then Lori Strode takes him to meet her daughter. That's right. A grown man was saved by being bullied by children. kids. By a geriatric woman. Yes. <laughs> That's where we're at in this movie. So now, and so, and in this also, this movie, we learned that Lori Strode has gone through therapy. And right. she is trying to live her best life for her granddaughter, Amanda? Sure. I think that's her name. Amanda? Who's it? Mandy? Allie? Allison. 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 It's Allison. Right? Sure. Allison. <laughs> uh, if not, her name's Allison now. Shows you how much we pay attention to this film. <laughs> Seen it like twice, three times, maybe four. I don't know. Um, yeah, so she tries to like, get them two together, and she does. Yeah, and, and the great thing about this it is, is the rom-com section. Of the this movie. is the rom-com. There's no Michael Myers. At this no, point so so far, still no Michael Myers in this. Michael movie. Michael Myers has not appeared yet. Yeah, and at this point in the movie, when she's trying to hook them up, that's when I realized, oh, we're not getting a Silver Shamrock movie. They're calling back to Halloween Three because we're just not getting a. Michael we're not Myers getting Michael Myers in this movie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I'm going to rectify that because I've been thinking about this now mm-hmm. for months, and they explain everything throughout all the movies on why Michael Myers is the way he is in this movie. Mm. Um, so, Corey and um, Allison go out. You know, they're having a good time. They're dancing. They're drinking together, taking poppers, I guess. Because, like, she slips on a pill of some kind. Yeah. Like, ecstasy, I guess. I don't know why I said a popper. I hang out too many gay people, I guess. Um, which is fine, you know. Sometimes just hanging out, people give you some pills. And you take them, and you have a good time. Sometimes you're at a drag show. And somebody asks if it's cool to slip something in your drink, and you say yes, then you give your drink to somebody else. Yep. This is what happens. That's how you do it. Can I put something in your drink? Sure. Hey, would you like a beverage? <laughs> <laughs> Eventually, it makes its way back to that purse. Anyway, so like uh, Allison and Corey, they go out. Corey runs into the parents of <laughs> the kid he killed. They kind of shame him into having, why are you having such a good time when our kid's dead? You should be like, you know, miserable, blah, blah, blah. We also find out that Corey has an overbearing Jewish mom. I'm assuming she's Jewish from the way she acts. That's very Kanye of you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, she's either, like, you know, she. but you know what I'm talking about, like, the yeah. overbearing mom that's either, like, you know, it's it's she's, a stereotype. It's that stereotype. It's that yeah. stereotype. Like, stereotype like what's, what's his name? Wallowitz on the Big yeah, Bang Theory. That's, exactly. It's like Wallowitz's mom. Yeah. You know. What's Wallowitz? Just putting it out there. Scientist. Son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> He's an, actually an engineer, isn't he? Not even yeah, a scientist. Yeah, yeah. That's science. It's, it is. Okay. I don't know. I have a GED. What the fuck do I know? <laughs> Anywho. Um, so um, Allison and him, you know, they have this huge fight, and he goes for a walk, and then the kids that picked on him find him again and throw him off a bridge. Yeah. Like, he doesn't fight back. He just gets it thrown off a bridge. fast as shit. Yeah. Yeah. 
And then after he gets thrown off the throw him off a bridge. Like not a fight. Like yeah. they just and he doesn't fight back, as no. he said. He doesn't fight back, he gets, gets, gets thrown, thrown off the bridge. Off a bridge. And then someone from the sewer comes out and grabs him. Yes. And that's when we first, about 45 minutes into this movie, yeah. get our appearance. Now, to be fair, this is a long movie. It is. It's, it's almost two hours. Movie. Yeah, it's, yeah it's, it's not a fast It's got to be the longest. Or no, Rob Zombie's Halloween is pretty long. I'm still watching that movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Did you ever watch the, the making of thing? It's like four hours or something like that. You know, I tried to once and yeah. I couldn't do it. Cause like I, there's just, no form to it. Yeah, it's, it's all for anybody who hasn't. There's no form to it. It's just like daily, like video yeah, it's daily backstage. Yeah. It's backstage, which is fine if you're yeah. into that. But like if you're looking for like a making of kind of thing where they it's tell you what, no, yeah. no one explains anything. Anyway, yeah. uh, unlike this movie, they explain everything that's going on. You, there's no second guessing. There's no like, what, no, what, what yeah. does this mean? No. So he winds up in the sewer, mm-hmm. and he comes when it, Halloween four style. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then when Corey comes to. Call me five, actually. Call me five. I'm sorry. That's yeah. correct. Yeah. Uh, when he comes to, he is then, he starts making his way out of the sewer, and then Michael Myers grabs him and then looks into his soul. Or something happens. There's yeah. a transfer of evil. Yeah. You know, in which Corey's eyes go darker. Now, what's the one thing they always talk about in this franchise? He has the blackest eyes, the devil's eyes. Excellent driver. He's an excellent driver. <laughs> he is, yeah. but uh, you know, but they always talk about his eyes. They're always talking about like their soulless, emotionless, blank face. You know. So now, you have a plot device with this kid, mm-hmm. because now he's been. Which to me, puts this in line. Lo- I mean, the first two movies bring a lot, even though it's technically a reboot that only acknowledges the first one. It brings yeah. a lot from all of the other. It does. It, it pulls. And now I feel like. This is full on cult of thorn mm-hmm. that we're getting here. So And that's what I felt too. I yeah. felt I felt very much like this is the this is the thorn transfer of yeah. you know, you're now gonna become the ultimate evil of Haddonfield. Mm. Good for you, Corey. Get on it. This is after of course is uh now here's the one thing they never mentioned. This the guy because Corey works at a scrapyard. Yes. And he, you know, breaks down old cars and things like that. And he gets Allison to come by and so I'm supposed to fix her transmission or, or a rattling muffler or something like that. But his stepdad, I'm guessing? I don't know. So, they never yeah. established the relationship. Yeah, I felt like it wasn't, to me, it wasn't clear. Like, I was surprised when you find out that's his dad or stepdad or whatever later. Yeah. Like, he's at the house eating dinner, and... I was like, that's weird. His boss is over for dinner? Yeah. yeah. But, like, I think that... I, I, I don't think it's made clear that it's his father. I But, again, I've grown, I had multiple stepdads growing up, so, like, I automatically assumed you, I never... You caught that stepdad energy? Yeah, I did. I felt like yeah. it was that, like, you know, I'm trying to be a good guy here. I'm going to give you this motorcycle. I'm trying to, you know, I'm not trying to be, like, you know, hey, two hands on here, but, like, hey, let me help you out. I got you yeah. this job. I got you this going Child on. Murderer. You know, you killed a kid. I still, I still hired you. Yeah. Which, by the way, I do have to throw out, I think is a great way to open the movie with a kid getting killed. I, you know what? It's definitely set a tone. It did. And you know what? It threw me through a loop because, like, I have a small child. Yeah. And I'm like, ah! It's, it's you know. one of those few things you can still pull out in a horror movie that's going to get just a visceral reaction from most of the audience. It, like, killing kids, killing animals. Yeah. And the Halloween franchise kills animals. It does. Yeah. And, but is is this the first kid killed? Yeah. 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 So. Because Michael Myers is, like, the, I remember uh, in the first Halloween 2018. Mm-hmm. The scene where he's in the house with the baby. With the baby. I remember, and because this was a month removed from uh, the incubator and I having our uh, son Michael. Mm. And I remember looking at Gary, I mean, the incubator project, and going, you know what? If um, 
He kills that kid. We're leaving. Because I'm not going to be able to sit here and see Michael Myers kill a baby. Can't do it. And then it didn't happen, so I didn't have to leave the movie. There was, don't get me wrong. There's also, there was also yeah. part of me like, kill the fucking kid. He's going to Caligula the fuck out of that baby. Oh, that's For anybody horrible. Who Jesus Christ. At the end of the movie, they kill Caligula's kid by grabbing his toddler by the ankles, swinging them up and smashing them on a flight of stairs yep. of marble steps. Yeah. 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 It's, it's pretty awesome. Ugh. <laughs> you in that movie. I did, yeah. Ugh. So, like, if you had to book your ultimate double feature, would it be, like, Caligula and Showgirls? No. Ultimate double feature is Passion of the Christ and Battlefield Earth. Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> I would actually go to that. I would. Yeah. I'd be like, this is going to be amazing. Two of the biggest religions' origin stories. <laughs> <laughs> I'm calling it a night of why I'm an atheist. <laughs> a night of why I'm an atheist. <laughs> you know, the uh, Mahogany... I can't pronounce Mahoney, Mahogany Drive-In up in uh, Upper Pennsylvania, the over the High Water Gap. They actually have right now suggested double feature. Oh shit! So I'm, if you don't mind, I might drop yeah, that in 100% there. Hundred percent, do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Reason why I'm an atheist weekend. <laughs> Fashion of the Christ, Battlefield Earth. Fashion of the Christ, <laughs> Battlefield Earth. What are some other? You could also put like Schindler's List in there too, because you have to show more than you know. There's so it's a weekend. You get you should do three movies. You know. It's true. Yeah. There's got to be another one. But, I mean, I feel like those two are so strong. Those are, like, the most identifiable. I love also how you didn't even bat an eye when I proposed a question to you. Like, you're like, no, like, you've thought about this before. Like, if I had to. No, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't understand. Because, like, I I know Scientology is in a broad sense. But I had no idea that Battlefield Earth was, like, their core text. Like, that's the big one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no. That series is, like, the Gospels to them. Like, I didn't know that until after I saw the movie. Because the movie is ludicrous, of course, when you see it. And it's it's not just that the movie's bad. It's poorly made, which is the weird part. Because they had a big budget and everything like that. And, like, Scientologists are very involved in Hollywood and stuff like that. So, like, you would think it would be better. Like, that's the part that was weird. Well, John Travolta still stands by it as a phenomenal film. Oh, I know. Like, yeah. and <laughs> I find that to be some cultish shit. Yeah. But, like, here's the thing. Like, Passion of the Christ, whether or not you believe the story or cheered when he was getting whipped like I did. When you watch the movie, like, it's a well-made movie. Like, from a just total filmmaking craft standpoint, the movie's well-made. Like, Mel Gibson, in his time off from being anti-Semitic, is, like, a good filmmaker. Like, he understands story structure and things like that. One of my favorite South Park episodes, by the way. Oh, yeah, that's right. Where they're, where they're, where they're, they're trying to hire directors. They're trying to hire directors yeah. so they figure, figure out what to do with Imagination Land. Right. And they go through all the Hollywood directors. They finally land on Mel Gibson. Mel Gibson like gives him a plot. And he's like, say what you will about Mel Gibson. The man doesn't understand story structure. <laughs> he really does. I mean, he's he's an excellent director. He's he a is. terrible person. But he's no, I, but again, you got yeah. to be able to separate the art from the person. Absolutely, yeah. But I fucking love Ted Nugent's music. Hate him as a human being. Yeah, uh, but Battlefield Earth, like, it mystified. Like, not only is it ludicrous in the storyline, when you realize that this is what a large number of people believe for their faith. But it's so poorly made. You can say the same thing about it. the Passion of Christ, though. Yeah, but Passion of Christ is well made. I know, that's but so many, but so many people believe the bullshit story. Oh, yeah, that's, no, 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 that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Both of them are insane stories that people have devoted their whole lives. To, yes. Which is where their connection comes Just in. Just the right? difference is no real wars have been fought in the name of Scientology. Yet. Do you think that's coming? The Scientology wars are right on the horizon. <laughs> <laughs> is it going to be like the Scientologists versus Mormons? 
I, I think it's going to be like Danny Masters gets convicted. I probably have to cut that out. That's got to be <laughs> defamation. Um, that's, he'll get convicted on his 15th trial. And then he'll be like, they'll consider him like a political prisoner. And it'll start all kinds of crazy so, shit. Because like, the only reason I'm saying this is because like, two of the most popular TV shows, two really pop, not most popular, really popular TV shows are like mm-hmm. shows about leaving Mormonism. And shows about leaving Scientology. So maybe, like, that's what needs to happen. The crossover of, like, you know, I've left both Mormonism and Scientology. Ooh. You know. That is that is rough. They, like. <laughs> Reality TV material right yeah. there. HGTV, get on it. So where were we? Oh, yeah. So <laughs> Did you watch this scene? We're getting so far off topic. That's Have you seen Maverick? Like. The Top Gun sequel? Oh, I thought you meant, like, the Mel Gibson. No. <laughs> with Jodie Foster. I didn't even think about that. Have you seen both Maverick movies? I have not seen the new. T- I don't. I've actually can't. I don't the Christian f- and Scientologist versions. <laughs> uh, no, I have only seen the Christian version of Maverick. I just watched it maybe like a week ago. Okay, time out. Is it good? Like I'm not a I Top mean, Gun guy. I'm not. I'm not one of these guys. Like right. you know, like I, don't get me wrong. I quote Top Gun all the time because I've grown up with. From from the eighties, so yeah, like yeah. you know, negative Ghost Rider, that's a no, yeah. you know, but like I mean, it just it rehashes the first one. I figured as yeah. much. So you take know, my breath away. There's it it hits all of the same famous plot points. Like there's a homoerotic sports scene that goes on for like fifteen minutes. Um, it has less danger zone in it, but it's more bombastic when it's played in this one because it's an orchestral arrangement of danger zone. So there is Kenny Loggins. Yeah. I was worried there wouldn't be. No, there is. Yeah, Good. It's like a big orchestral arrangement. It opens the movie. All right. Like a big orchestral. That's, that's not giving anything away. There's a homoerotic sports scene. There's a big sing-along in the bar. There's like all the major plot points it hits. Okay. So, I mean, it's just more of the first one. But it, it does a good job at balancing the nostalgia. Like, it, it is... It goes just up to the point where it wears thin. And then it'll move on to something else. See, I think my my nostalgia from like the for that type of movie era comes from like you know, I don't I'm the, I was never a Top Gun guy. Neither am I. So that's um, where like I feel like my opinion's a little more objective than some people. But like there's I'm, people who just love that movie. There is, and it's, I don't it. I don't get it. Yeah. Um. But again, I don't I as it's fine. It's an eighties movie. It's it a is very eighties movie. But like I, I was gonna say for like you know when I get that scope of nostalgia for like eighties. You know, I, I watched like the later Rocky films, like Rocky, not Rocky Five, Rocky Five is hot garbage, but like Rocky Bal- Rocky movie. Oh my God, I will actually fight you over this. We will, <laughs> <laughs> we will go outside and reenact the last scene of Rocky. There's <laughs> a stuff that busts around only, If only the robot was in Rocky Five. <laughs> okay, I would give it to you that if the robot was in Rocky Five. But the no, the robot like- fucking fought Tommy Gunn. <laughs> <laughs> Rocky fight. Hear me out. The robot fights. But you Rocky's know, about to fight him under the L, and the fucking robot comes out of nowhere. It's like, I got it, Rocky. And like, but, it's, but time out. It's not that robot. It's a robot from Judge Dredd. <laughs> <laughs> With Armand DeSante, I think his name was. Yeah. Oh, where were we? Uh, yeah, so Michael Myers passes on his... Uh, that's Halloween ends. <laughs> that's Halloween ends. Uh, makes more sense than the actual movie. No. Yeah. So, like, Corey's now running around, like, kind of cursed by Michael. Yeah. And he has this it's like it's all cult of thorn. And he has this, or he starts developing this urge to like go after the people that are wronging him and Allison in society. 
And like he keeps calling her up and being like, look, I can't do this anymore. I can't be around these people. I can't be around people. I, I just want to see them all go away. You and I need to run away. The city of the town is coming after us. And like, again, the thing I love about this, the rom-com is like with the most two most toxic people that should not be so together. That's actually what I liked about the, this aspect of the movie. The best part of it is that she's all on board yeah. with all this happening. It's not like he's hiding it from her. No. As he's like murdering people. Like she sees him spiraling and is like, this is a good thing for us. Yeah. Like that's like, like I'm here for you. Weirdly, I feel like that's real. Yeah. Like that's toxic people meeting and just bringing out the absolute worst in each other is real life. Yeah. Like okay. it could be Michael Myers passing on it now, or is it just Allison like strapping that, you know, good, good on him. And he's just like, you know what? I can go further into this. That's actually what I liked about this because I felt like at the end of kills, you had something that was overtly supernatural and then they're trying to walk it back a little bit in this one, but they do it in a good way. So I disagree with you. I think that it, they're I th- walking it back or that it was overtly supernatural. Uh, that they're walking it back. Okay. I think well, that, that's what I mean. Like, I felt like they found a way to try to line where it could be either. So, like, I, I personally feel like, because a lot of people that on the online in, on the online Halloween community have a problem, like Michael Myers being weak in this There's movie. There's people online talking about this? Yeah. Like, five. <laughs> <laughs> I got to find these people. Yeah. Uh, but you think like, I could Google it? You, you could probably <laughs> Google it right now. You could, you could probably also duck, duck, go it. Just in case you ever want anyone to know you looked it up. Uh, you could pay us now, duck, duck, go. Um, anyway. Uh, this the uh, so we're gonna go back to Halloween 2018 real quick, and Doctor Seriani, I believe, was his name, or that's the coach of the uh, that's the coach of the Eagles, Seriani, Nick Seriani is the coach of the Eagles, something similar to that. Yeah, Santana, Seriani, Santanella, Salmonella. Anyway, Michael Myers is Doctor Doctor Santeria. Um, which is Catholicism mixed with voodoo in Cuba. It's a pretty decent religion. You folks check it out. Makes sense. <laughs> Unlike other religions like Scientology and Christianity. <laughs> Maybe you see our double feature. <laughs> um, so Seriously, you guys are going to be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> he mentions that they're fed a proper diet, given exercise, doing all these things so that they ensure that they're, that the patients are they have everything they need to do to be of good sound mind and body. So he's fed a proper diet for all those years. He's given time to work, you know, all these things cult, you know. So after he gets out, Halloween 20 uh, Halloween 2018 and Halloween Kills happen in the same 24-hour period, right? Right. Yeah. Okay. So that happens in the same 24-hour period and then he's gone for 4 years. He's yeah. disappeared he disappeared into a sewer. He had but like they also talk about in Halloween Kills how maybe he's Every time he kills someone, he gets stronger, more powerful. So after he has the mob scene and he takes and he takes out all those people in Halloween Kills, and then he magically appears behind um, uh, Kitty from Arrested Development. Can't right. think of her name in the movie. Uh, Judy Greer's character. Uh, he she he, he just randomly appears back in the Myers house. And Do you think she's attractive? Depends on the setting. Mm. I don't find her attractive in the Halloween movies for some odd reason. Before the yacht blows up and the rest of development, I think she's pretty hot there. Uh, but also, like, psychotic chick. I don't know. Um, but, no, she can be attractive when she wants to be. She can also be ugly when she wants to be. Because, again, I will go back to the rest of development and the scene where Job is in the conjugal visit thing. He's like, hair up, hair down, lights on, lights off, you know, glasses on, glasses off. Yeah, she looks a little rough there. But what can you do? Anywho. Um... 
I think he uses all that supernatural energy to kill her in that scene, and then he disappears. Right. And he's just hiding out. We in had this... to teleport past all the cops and everything. Yeah, he had right. to, yeah, exactly. He had to use his supernatural ability yeah. to get out of the situation, which then depleted him, and he's still feeling all these injuries because he hasn't been feeding, he hasn't been he hasn't been fed, he hasn't been taking care of himself, he's locked away in the sewer. Yeah, I took it as, like, those missing posters are like, he's killing just enough to live. Yes, He's and killing. It's he has not enough, enough to keep him. Yeah. to get him to strength, though. Yeah, he can't. He yeah. can't. He can't get back to being what right. he was. He's just getting enough to keep him going. Because, like, in the and so Corey then starts bringing people to the sewer. Right. Because uh, at one point in time, Allison befriended a cop, and that cop thought he had a chance, but um, you know, Black Lives Matter happened, so that cop didn't have a chance, mm. and that's not what happened. It just felt right to say. Don't don't read into it. It was a joke. You people out there are so fucking sick and pathetic. Ugh. You're like this liberal take on Halloween ends. Yeah, this this very liberal take on Halloween ends of a slasher movie that has a rom com with toxic relationships. Anyway, so like Corey then decides that like he's fed up with trying to get Michael Myers back on task. Because, like, he realizes that, like, Michael Myers isn't exactly going to do what Michael Myers needs to do, needs to, what he needs Michael Myers to do. Because he really wants to take, he really wants to take all the people that are wronging Allison mm-hmm. and him. So then he puts on his little scarecrow mask and goes on a murderous rampage himself. But then Michael Myers tags along yeah. and helps him out. And it's kind of like me and you and you and me. No Which, matter leading how. up to that, he started explaining Q-drops to Michael Myers. <laughs> And Michael Myers so tries to say, really thrown by. Yeah. I was like, all right, all right. Yeah, he's like, all right, January 6th, but nothing happened. All right, gotcha. Michael Myers is like, Trump still president? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> so I personally think, like, a lot of people are like, it doesn't make sense. It does make because, like, they explain they, very subplotly throughout the whole thing hey, Michael Myers is has all this strength because of he's been given a diet, he's been rested, he's been this, that, or the other. So. You know, if you've eaten well for your for an extended period of time, and then all of a sudden you have 24, 48 hours, you have to fucking go like hell, you know, you can do that. But at 60 years old, right. the, the machine doesn't work that well, you know? And then he also got his ass beat, and now he's just hiding out in the sewer. Right. You know? Anywho, long story longer, uh, Laurie Strode ends up killing Corey. Actually, Corey ends up killing himself with Laurie Strode's hands. Mm. Allison sees that. You know, she has a breakdown. Michael Myers shows back up. They sandwich Michael Myers between a refrigerator and a kitchen island and bleed him out. And then they strap him to the hood of a Honda. And they, As you always knew this would end. Yeah, and then they drive him to the... Now, another thing at the scrapyard Corey works at, they keep showing you the... Um, Shredder. Shredder, pulverizer, compactor, whatever you want to call it. Mm. And at the end of the movie, after they've bled out Michael Myers, they take Michael, they drive Michael Myers all through Haddonfield to let everyone know, hey, we got him. It's all good. Michael Myers is laid to rest. And they run him through the compactor. The end. You know, the movie ends with just, you're looking at the Myers mask on Laurie Strode's coffee table. So a lot of people were upset with that movie. They didn't feel it was a proper ending. You know what? It's the ending you got. I personally feel that that trilogy is really strong. Does not compare to the Thorn trilogy. No. Better production value, better yeah. Yeah. better kills, yeah. but I think storyline wise, four five. Eight. The knife to the armpit might be one of the best kills in the franchise to me. In kills, yeah. When he kills, what is it? Little John that he kills with the knife to the armpit. 
It's one of the Johns. It's one of the Johns, yeah. yeah. I can't remember if it's Little John or Big John. But he knifes him in the armpit first. Yeah. And that, I was like, Jesus. Yeah. I also love that. I also love when he kills him. Because, like, again, the internet community was like, oh, my God, he hates gays. He freaking Not put them yet. just like their wedding picture. Just like right. their, their, their their picture with, and play their song for him. If yeah. anything, they're they're two of the most well-rounded characters in that movie. Yeah. As far as people who aren't really plot devices, they're just fodder. Yeah. To get killed because they happen to be at the house that he's going to, like they're they get some backstory. You know about their wedding. You know about their relationship. You know that they built up the house and did all that. Like you get backstory. Like they're fleshed out characters. Yeah, I I have no problem with what this trilogy set out to do. Mm-hmm. It told a great story. You know, I'm really excited to see what this with uh, David Gordon Green does with The Exorcist. I think he just signed on to something else recently, outside of The Exorcist. I'm not sure. I know the Exorcist. I know he's got Exorcist. Yeah, but um, which it's another franchise. <laughs> it is. Yeah, The Exorcist just it's so unlike Halloween, where I do think like you have terrible movies and amazing movies, but you do have like middling stuff in Halloween. I don't think there's a lot of middling in Exorcist. No, there's two yeah. good Exorcist movies. Yeah, I we, agree we, with that. We've done the math on this. Yeah. We, like, a few episodes back. You not can, counting you, the series, yes. Yeah, not I count, really like the series. No, we really like the series. Yeah. And Repossessed. Like, if yeah, you, like, we I go... Re- we, I just rewatched that. Oh, where'd you find it? Or you own it? I Well, I own it, but I own a digital copy. I put it off Amazon. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because, like, I couldn't... I Because uh, the Incubator Project never heard of it. Really? And well, when she heard our episode on that, where we ranked Repossessed as, like, the third entry <laughs> for like, yeah. like one, It's like, one, three, TV show, Repossessed... <laughs> Two, four, <laughs> yeah, four times two. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm really looking forward to what he does with it. I am. I again, the Exorcist movies, your odd numbers are good. TV shows good. Repossessed is good. You know, I really think all three of these in this Halloween trilogy are really good. Um, I can see why people don't like it. Oh, I definitely get it. There's more that I liked than I did. But my question to those people is, what did, what were they looking for in a movie? What were they hoping to go see? So there's a th- this is an interesting thing because I do think the marketing is misleading for the movie because it is built up as, you know, them, like a versus movie between yeah. Laurie Schroeder and Michael Myers. Well, and to be fair, the whole trilogy has been based upon that. That's true. And yeah. that really doesn't happen. No. I mean, there's five minutes at the end of the two of them together, but that's it. To be fair, Michael Myers is hardly in the movie. But I've <laughs> so. seen new. I, now I, I didn't do the math on this myself, but he's actually in the movie. He's more in this movie than he is in the original, which makes sense. You know. Yeah. So to say he's, and I hate to play you know devil's advocate. So oh, yeah. to say he's not in the movie enough, I no, no, think no. is a poor excuse. It's, yeah, no, no, I agree with that. But that's one of those things that happens in franchises. They go on. Same thing with Nightmare on Elm Street. The same thing with Friday Thirteenth. Like, yeah. There's actually. Even with Freddy Krueger, who's the one who's chatty of all the slasher movie, you know, heroes, if you want to call them that. Anti-heroes. Um, anti-heroes. Like, he's the chattiest one. He only has maybe five minutes of screen time in the original. Yeah. And that's what makes the original Nightmare yeah. on Street so badass. Even in most of the dream sequences, it's not him. It's yeah. the dead versions of her friends. Yeah, it's a, or goats or something like yeah. that. Yeah. You just see flashes of him. But again, at that, but when you made when they made the first Nightmare on Elm Street, they weren't setting out to make a franchise. Right. There's Wes Craven was setting out to tell one story. Right. You know, and that's what happens. And like, I think a lot of people like when franchises grow, they forget that like there wasn't a map. Right. Like you know, like my favorite franchise is Phantasm, mm-hmm. and like I get really butthurt about the way it ended. But it's not like when Don Castellari made the first Phantasm, he was like, all right, this is the ending. 
Right. You know, this the long ball here. That that's not how it works. You make the first movie. Oh, that made some money. A studio calls you up and goes, "Hey, yeah, uh, do you want to make a sequel to that?" And you go, yeah, "I can do that. Yeah, let's let's." Right. So this happened in X, Y, and Z, and that's you really so you bring up a really interesting thing. That's um, did you ever watch the show Breaking Bad? I can't watch the show Breaking Bad. No. Uh, my mom's second husband was the number one speed manufacturer from like '87 to like '93, and okay, yeah, so like. Anything that has to do with like methamphetamine manufacturing, I actually get really PTSD with. So okay, that I know. makes sense. So, so no, no, that, it's off the table. The strength of the show to me is that they tell you the ending in the very beginning. Like the whole premise of the show is the end of the show. Right. Like the, it opens with him being diagnosed with terminal cancer, and they tell him he has a certain amount of time to live. Like that's the show. Like it's a ticking clock to his death. Right. And they don't deviate from that. Like, that's what the show is. And that was intentional. The creator of the show was a fan of Lost and got increasingly frustrated watching it when he realized, like, they didn't have a plan for this. They didn't think it was going to go on. So, like, they were just pulling stuff out of their ass and it got dumber and dumber. As it went on, he was just like, I'm going to fucking write a show where I'm going to tell you the end right up front. Yeah. And we're just going to stick to that. Well, that makes <laughs> sense. Like, yeah. And that it's it's actually an interesting way to approach it. So you bring up a, an interesting thing with that because I understand why people were dissatisfied with this as a finisher to this trilogy. Because it didn't give them the payoff the marketing promised them. But if you take away the marketing, the problem is their own desires or it's probably not the right word whatever they had built up in their head yeah to be the ending and that's why that's what like I, and i very rarely they had their own idea i very rarely engage mm-hmm. with internet community people and fandoms and things like that and like when i do i just ask a question well what would you have done differently right what was the story that you wanted it told with everything that you've already had done you can't go back and be like oh, i would have preconceived notion yeah was, yeah you know you, yeah you go we all like i think you could sue for that now though if I saw something, yeah, like, I didn't so read. There's a movie that's getting sued because the marketing advertised some actor being in it. A bunch of people went to see it and or bought it. I don't know what the circumstances uh-huh. were. The actor's not actually in the movie. They were, but their parts got cut. So they're in the trailers and on the poster and stuff, but their character got cut from the final movie. Wow. And they're suing, saying it was false advertising because they own these fans who were suing said they only went to see the movie because they're fans of that actor. I wonder if I could do that retroactively. Well, that, it brings up a really good point because there is, so for anybody who doesn't know, trailers are typically cut early in production. Yes. Movie's not done. And you often see alternate footage in trailers that isn't actually in the movie because the movie's not edited yet. Yeah. And sometimes that works for the movie. Sometimes it works against it. Like a great example would be Rob Zombie's The Monsters. The the first trailer really put the death nail in that movie's coffin before it ever came out because... They slapped that trailer together with totally unmastered footage. Yep. And in a digital world, you just can't do that. It looked like if we had shot it on our cell phones to make it intentionally bad. Like yep. not even just no, what no, our no, cell yeah. phones could do. And that's not what the final movie looked and sounded like. I'm not saying it was a lot better, but it, it looked and sounded better than that. That was clearly unfinished footage. But for a layperson who doesn't know that, they're just looking at this and they're like, what is this fucking cheap garbage? To stick with Rob Zombie, though... If you go back and watch the trailers for House of a Thousand Corpses, none of that footage is in nope. the movies from all of the trailers. And it's because the movie got sold and resold. Oh, yeah, we, we discussed it before. Like, yeah, it, and they had to heavily recut it every time. So with all the reshoots and all the recutting, all of the footage in the trailers just didn't make the movie. I eventually hope at some point in time that Rob Zombie, like when, you know, 
10 years from now, sits mm. down and re-edits House of a Thousand Corpses and Devil's Rejects into the magnum opus it's supposed to be. Mm. Like, I, I think there's something there. Um, but, no, I would like to go like back. Francis Ford Coppola keeps doing The Godfather. Yes, he's not finished it. Yeah. It's still beautiful. Because <laughs> um, I like to go back and sue the people who made the Starship, Starship Troopers trailer. Yeah, I can't remember the Starship Troopers. Well, I Blur, love movie. Blur Song 2 is all over the trailer. Is it? Not once in the movie. Hmm. I actually went to go see that movie to watch people kill, alien, kill giant bugs to, this, to that song. <laughs> I don't know. Well, they, they brought up like Castle of the Elden Corpses. Um, one of the most famous ones is Jurassic Park. Um, Jurassic Park had a really, because of the special effects, right. had a really, really long post-production. All of those trailers, none of those scenes made the movie that are in the trailer and they're like big action scenes that they just had to cut because the special effects didn't come together for them so you get like glimpses of stuff that's not actually in the movie right hmm. yeah so it's a really common thing but now and then that's one of those things where I kind of fall on both sides because I do think it's ridiculous that they're suing because I understand like that's the way it happens and this if you go back and watch trailers is very common you get kind of alternate footage in the trailers but at the same time you don't usually get an entire person that's not actually in yeah. the movie. Like, that is a little bit different. So I, I can see, like, if I was a huge fan of that person, I was like, I can't wait to go see their new movie, buy a ticket, sit through a two-hour movie, and they're not actually in it, that I would feel like I was lied to. Yeah, like, if you're watching a movie and you were really hoping that uh, Buster Poindexter was going right. <laughs> to pop in and kill it like he does in everything. Every goddamn time. And, you know, he does, he's he not in it. Fucking movie. Yeah. Uh, man. All right, so that's Halloween. Halloween yeah. ends. You know, that's a little retrospective look. Uh, apparently, that there are there already. You know, that was the when they said Halloween's end. That was Blumhouse's end of it. Yeah, that was the end of their. The rights have gone back to the Akkad family, yeah. like they do. Yeah, and, they licensed it from the Akkads to make three movies. You know, so yeah. the, I'm sure the Akkads are going to be like, well, there's still an audience out there that wants to see this, yeah. huh, guys? So I'm pretty sure. Even with, with the negative reaction, the mostly negative reaction that's got, it was still extremely profitable. Oh yeah. So there was no reason for them to. Stop it made at least a hundred million in its opening weekend. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, I think it was. It took two weeks for it to make a hundred million. I think about it. Uh, but yeah, so that was Halloween's end, and that was Halloween, uh, the David Gordon Green Halloween extravaganza. Uh, 